Hello, the internet, and welcome to season 154, episode 3 of Dirt Daily Zeitgeist! Yeah! A production of iHeartRadio. This is a podcast where we take a deep dive into America's shared consciousness and say officially off the top, fuck the Koch brothers, fuck oh. Fox News, fuck oh. Rush Limbaugh, oh. fuck Ben Shapiro, oh. fuck Tucker Carlson, fuck Fondant, uh, and fuck COVID-19 for trying to take my president from me. Uh, this might be the You'll wildest die for this season. Man. I will die for that man. This might be our wildest season yet. I, I did not see that coming. I guess, I guess I was assuming that it would be uh, it would get wilder and wilder as we got closer to the election. But woo, it's uh, it's out there. <laughs> I mean, yeah, call this your gene because it's just getting wilder. <laughs> it is really losing the thread, uh, but I do like that joke. Uh, thank you. Miles. Anytime I can evoke Gene Wilder's <laughs> name, I that will do it. One time, very drunk, my friends and I were doing our like top five celebrities we're most attracted to, and Gene Wilder was my number <laughs> two, and it really, really brought down the house. And that is what this show is now. I talk about funny really things I said in my early 20s. Uh, anyways, <laughs> it is Wednesday, October 7th, 2020. My name is Jack O'Brien, a.k.a. Hey, Mr. Jack O.B., man, play the pod for me. I'm all sleepy because you drank my case of Mountain Dew. Hey, Mr. Jack O.B., man, that's too much caffeine. You got jingle jangle cornea, stop swallowing, dude. Uh, that is courtesy of TDZ AKAs uh, and just TDZ AKAs. Uh, Ah, yes, ah, yes. And I'm thrilled to be joined, as always, by my co-host, Mr. Miles Gray. It's Miles Gray, a.k.a. Con Gray the Machine, a.k.a. West... Oh, wait, no, I'm going to say Val Side Gun, a.k.a. Gray Zelda Ghost. Uh, Shout out to my own brain, because I'm not really on Twitter right now. We were talking a lot about West Side Gun and Con Gray the Machine and all that, because you know what time it is. We like old-sounding East Coast hip-hop. That's just what time it is. And we are thrilled to be joined in our third seat by the hilarious and talented Alex Edelman. Hey, it's Alex Edelman, a.k.a. I've got no, a, oh. uh, a.k.a. AKA Bananas Foster Wallace, a.k.a. You know, I, I don't know <laughs> how many. I like do. that one. Yeah, yeah, yeah. That's pretty good. That. Prepped a couple. On yeah, okay. yeah. What else I got? All right. Let's workshop those. No, no, I can't. I can't. Embar- <laughs> embarrassing. Embarrassing. And oh, man. What's new, man? What's new since we caught you outside of Sketchfest and we're like, hey, you want to come on before the world ends? Yeah, that was in <laughs> January. And in January, <laughs> I, went on t- I went on a 60-day tour of the UK and halfway, and I was like, nothing is going to stop me. And halfway through, Jenna Friedman, another comedian, was like, hey, uh, do you think COVID's going to hurt? any of the shows in the UK and I responded with LOLOLOL you mean that virus in Europe and then <laughs> uh, two days later I was like yeah I've got to cancel all of my shit it was it went really quick and I was really uh, I was like I'm an American nothing bad ever happens to me so since then I've just been um, you know hunkering down I made an online Passover Seder with some people oh wow that's, cool. that's for that's real cool. I made a, Did you I make made, anything? What'd you make? We made no. It was like a video on. Uh, we made three point five million dollars for COVID relief. Oh, nice. Fuck. 
Yeah, we made this thing called Saturday Night Seder, which was like uh, me and this dude, Benj Pasek, who's like an unbelievable songwriter. He wrote all the music for like La La Land and Dear Evan Hansen. And, wow. Um, and yeah, we got a bunch of Jews and non-Jewish Passover enthusiasts, and we, we made this thing. And and so, um, yeah, and with a lot of like sketches and original songs and shit, we got like Bette Midler and Josh Groban and... I don't know who else. Josh Molina. I don't know. I just hey, got him. The Joshes. I, I was the big Joshes. Yeah. I was yeah. asking because I'm so hungry and I love the Seder meal. I was like, oh, which what would you bring? What'd it you is come good. To? That's what I was asking. It's really good uh, food, but it's really hard to like. I didn't realize that like I'm not the most religious guy in the world, but sure. I was like, shit, I miss. I miss the. Uh, I miss food. I miss like these big religious meals where you go to someone's house and there's like <laughs> right. so much food, your eyes cross. And yeah. now I'm like, it's oh, Sukkot. Man. It's another Jewish holiday right now. I'm supposed to be eating outside in a hut, but Ugh. instead Dude, we're scraping the cheese off of McDonald's burger wrapper. Have you guys ever heard of Sukkot? No, this, no. Is, no. this is the first. It is a deep cuts Jewish holiday. And basically it's the most impossible one to explain to your boss for time off <laughs> just right. like it's a week we sit outside in a hut and he's like how tall is the hut and i'm like i i mean <laughs> what a weird the, follow-up question yeah the, the tall hut <laughs> is in specific depends how long how long you think a fist is but it's right, like right. The, it's like biblical logic and stuff and you have to like build this hut in your backyard and it's why sometimes you'll drive around a big city this this time of year and just see like canvas huts with thatched roofs on the or maybe you know sure. it's Google worthy. That yeah, I'm gonna check that out. Uh, speaking of Jenna Friedman, former Zeitgeist, and uh, is one of the writers on the new Borat movie, uh, according yeah. to Wikipedia, which is pretty dope. Uh, yeah, I'm excited. Lots of lots of crazy. Lots of uh, you can always tell your friends who are working on a Sasha Marin Cohen project because they're you're like, what are you working on? They're like, I can't tell you, and you're like, ah, it's Sasha Marin oh. Cohen. <laughs> What's he up right, to right, now? Right. Congratulations! <laughs> I ran to a friend. I was like, Kurt, what are you working on? He's like, can't tell you. And I was like, Mazel Tov! That's so cool. You know, right. like, <laughs> right, right. <laughs> That's um, like when anyone goes to work for like Apple in the content world and like they're like when Apple TV was starting off, there was just a huge suck of people leaving production companies and they're like, ah, I really can't tell. I'm like, oh, you're going to Apple TV. Yeah. Right. Well, I really can't. I'm like. And oh. then they start aging like presidents and you're like, ah, yes, Apple TV. Got it. <laughs> <laughs> They've given you some notes on your project, have they? <laughs> right. Um, Hilarious. Yeah. Oh, an engineer gave you notes on your biblical drama pilot? <laughs> <laughs> oh, boy. Uh, and we depend on them for distribution. So shout out to them. All of their notes shout out to are them always. <laughs> always and everywhere. The God. And shout Apple. out to them for letting me game their algorithm and putting Arnold Schwarzenegger <laughs> as a guest on every podcast I'm on. <laughs> uh alex we're gonna get to know you a little bit better in a moment first we're gonna tell our listeners a couple of the things we're talking about uh what a time to be alive uh the president pulling a full Mussolini, uh just walking up just a big big entrance to the white house which he repeated because the camera crew didn't get it the first time and he is took his mask off doesn't need that shit anymore because he has Fuck beat it. COVID with his mind. Uh, so we're going to talk about all that and uh, how just how good and invincible he looked gasping for air walking up those stairs. Uh, we're going to talk about how the uh, hydroxychloroquine gang is feeling about the uh -oh. president uh, and his 
strategy for fighting COVID. We're going to talk about Claudia Conway, uh, who has become the uh, hero to uh, some people, at, at the very least, a whistleblower. Uh, shout out to her. Yeah. Uh, somebody did a, a, this is actually like a really smart poll. They were like, wait, who, who the fuck is QAnon? Because uh, we were just kind of assuming they were a big group of people who had these uh, monolithic beliefs. And so uh, somebody actually reached out to them and uh, not necessarily all those things. Uh, we're going to check in with Pope Francis, Pope Frank, the big Frank. Uh, we're going to talk about Trump bribing people with food, uh, all of that, plenty more. But first, we like to ask our guest, Alex, what is something from your search history? That's revealing about who you are. I have spent a lot of time this week Googling spite houses. Spite houses. Spite Ooh. houses are when somebody has um, a dispute with a neighbor. Yeah. Over what they're allowed to build. Mm -hmm. And they build something that they don't need permission to build. That is imp wildly impractical, but designed exclusively to annoy their neighbors. Like people, people are not actually planning to live in these houses most of the time. They're just trying to do it to block their neighbor's view. They build these houses out of spite. And there's one near where I grew up in Boston that was, um, this guy inherited a patch of land that was too small to live on. And so to annoy his neighbor, he built a like a house that basically you couldn't like spread your arms out in, but it blocked his neighbor's view. Yeah. And so I fucking love that. And I think that's so <laughs> funny and cool. One of the great so. building materials, spite. Yeah. Uh, oh yeah. Yeah. But I like, I like, I, my search history is super random. Like, I saw the movie The Outpost last night, and I, like, Googled the battle that it's based on and needed to know every fact about the battle. And it was the Battle of Camda and reading interviews, and I couldn't find an answer for... If you haven't seen The Outpost, here's what happens. It's <laughs> at the bottom of a valley surrounded by mountains on four sides in the middle of, like, one of the most Taliban-held parts of Afghanistan during, like, you know, the the early parts of Operation Enduring Freedom, whatever uh, yes. it was called. And, of yeah. course, the Taliban attack, because that's the worst place to build a military fortress at the bottom of a valley. Yeah, like, it's like a right. funnel of bullets, basically. Yeah. <laughs> And U.S. soldiers. Although here's the thing, I watch those I watch those movies, and I get so caught up in those kind of movies, like all my thoughts all the go out the window, and I'm just like, oh god, I hope this guy who's the main character survives to the end. He was, right, of course, right. he will. Yeah. <laughs> like he but was yeah. writing that letter in his bunk. Yeah, right to his sweetheart at home. I, it's based on a book by Jake Tapper. Oh, is it? Yeah. Hell yeah. Holy shit. I, I've I been hoping Jake will get some of those sweet residge. Uh, yeah, man. He's yeah. got great stories, man, when you party with him. I've always uh I've always said I I'm looking forward to the Jake Tapper cinematic universe. Uh <laughs> just exploring that, <laughs> the that world a little bit. What is something, Alex, that you think is overrated? I think Something that's extremely overrated is um caring about what people uh read. This big thing going on right now about Infinite Jest, about whether or not if you read, like, 
no one actually, no, no one book is actually like a red flag unless it's like Mein Kampf and it's framed on a mantelpiece. Like, <laughs> right, right. People are collected like, oh, speeches man. of Hitler having yeah. it on your bedside, like the president did for yeah. much of the eighties. I think that's a bit of a. If you have any Holocaust denialism and you're reading yeah, because not who, great, like, like that's not great. But if you're like, people are always like, oh, straight white man loves infinite, loves infinite <laughs> jest, and I'm like. Everyone I went to NYU with loves infinite jest. It's got nothing to do with whether or not you're straight or white. It's whether or not you live in a place where that type of stuff is revered. And, like, it, people are always like, oh, I don't trust anyone who reads, like, Ayn Rand. And I'm like, there are a bunch of, there are a bunch of bad books that are mostly descriptions of buildings. Like, you know, just right. leave it alone. And People who revere Ayn Rand, I am a little skeptical of. Revering something and reading. different, like, though, right, right. Know. Yeah, yeah. But but like, there's one thing, yeah, you like you peek into a see what's going on in the dorm party real quick. You're like, oh, there's some no- noise coming from that dorm room. You look and you're like, oh, this is fucked up in here. And you close the door. It's like reading those books. You're like, let me see what this is about. And you get there and you're like, okay, fuck no. Uh, but I'm glad I had that experience. I read The Fountainhead, but I was also like, yeah, it's, uh, it's wrong. I didn't like it, you know. <laughs> I'm like the moral of the book yeah. is uh, not correct. You know, I was, I was. It was easy for me to to, to parse it, but I was like, oh, I wasn't aware that I had to throw it away now, lest some you know person I meet at a bar, you know, thinks right. thinks it's a red flag. I mean, my girlfriend. <laughs> I have a girlfriend, and she lives in the same house as the okay, book, and she flex, seems to have no okay. problem. Yeah. <laughs> Oh, so, you know, it, it's the difference is sort of like saying you've read something, but all, or being evangelical about something too. Like the second right. you start being like, "Oh, you gotta read Ayn Rand" or yeah. something like that, then you can maybe begin to have those takes. But otherwise, it's you know, like it, that's like people if they define me based on the movies I saw, you'd think I don't, yeah. I don't fuck all about anything, which I I really don't. But but don't judge me off my movies. I recommend. Right books to people based on one thing i read a book and i'm like hey i read this book and i had fun reading the book you should read the right. book i'm never like hey you have a problem with depression you should read right. 10 things to not give a fuck about you know like yeah right, it, right that's not how it works it's just like i if i i read a book called the orphan master's son it's a novel set in north korea it won the pulitzer prize and i recommend the book not because i'm like pushing some intellectual agenda it's just like a fun book you should read this fun mm-hmm. book, you know. I yeah. I don't I don't get any I don't get any other approach to books other than that. It's very weird. It's overrated. Yeah. That's also like kind of a flex. Like that that the Orphan Master's son, the fact that you even know that book exists and Dude. won a Pulitzer Prize is pretty yeah. cool. I uh, read it's it's that it's says a lot about shelf. you, bro. It's unintimidated. On my bookshelf. It's got the stick. It's got the sticker on the front. I didn't have to do a shitload of research. <laughs> it's embossed on it. Yeah. Right. What can you tell me about the book? It's about North Korea. The cover is white and red, and it won the Pulitzer Prize for fiction because of the shiny silver wow. sticker on the front. Check out the big brain on Alex. <laughs> oh wait, what's it about? Oh, I don't know. I didn't read it, but I'm telling you based on what <laughs> I can tell, it's about North Korea. It won a Pulitzer Prize. And I'm I'm kind of I'm digging the jacket art. There is one book that I have on my shelf called All the Light We Cannot See, and it apparently won the Pulitzer Prize. And I have tried to open it like ten times and I can't get more than two pages in. I don't know why. It's just like one of those 
I know. Yeah. I like to read. Screw you guys. That's wow. That's, and I have books like that too, where it's like a subject that I love, and then I'm like, I start getting mad at the author. I'm like, you're doing too much with all. You're getting way too wordy about something very simple, sir. Hundred percent. Whoever the author is, I don't. And that's when like those are typically the books I start getting like I start like rage quitting on because I'm like they're gonna say some fucking phrase I hate again and like they did it and I'm like I gotta go I gotta also, go I can't do this reading a book in a pandemic now is a totally different experience like I was reading a, I was reading a book a novel and this guy had like a half page description of like you know of like no you know of of breakfast I'm not kidding he's like so the same <laughs> assertion through structure loves that's War mornings, banana fragrance to meander and repossess the kitchen tape. And I'm like, oh. in, a, in a pandemic, can't there just be a version where it's like, he ate breakfast? Like, right. I think that should be right. the whole. The We're whole all way thing. too exhausted for that. Yeah, shit, time's man. moving yeah. slow enough that I don't need to read a fucking five word description on the first bite of a bacon sandwich. Yes. People are really recommending Moby Dick again. They're like, oh, you got to read it. It's like, and, and it is a, an amazing masterpiece, but he goes for fucking, I think. A hundred pages on the d- description of like a whale, whale's anatomy. Yes, um, the, yeah. he has got a whole chapter on why people draw <laughs> whales incorrectly, and you're like, <laughs> really? Is that huh? that's but, the, it was, it's, it's sort of addictive, the or it's sort of like you you get the enthusiasm is transmissible. I love um, the book. I wrote my yeah. I wrote my I wrote my thesis in college on Moby Dick. I love wow. I love Moby Dick. So that's a flex. That's a flex. I'm very That is a flex and a half. I have, but you know what? Like it's a fun book. That's the only like the only reason I could right. read it is like it is fun. It's a fun read. If a book isn't it should be like movies. If a book isn't fun, it shouldn't belong. Like right. I'm I'm a big <laughs> big believer like a book needs to be entertaining and rollicking and enjoyable cuz a person is sitting down to do you know like Yeah. Sorry, I feel very embarrassed at how I'm just like, you know. All right, Professor, what's something you think is underrated? (laughs) (laughs) Professor X. (laughs) Something I think is underrated is uh, I'm going through my first country music phase in my my life. And I'm like, ah, shit, no one ever told me some of this was good. Like, you know, most of it is very bad. It's like... (laughs) It's like ice hockey, where I'm just like, ice hockey is extremely good, but nobody cool likes it. So it's, um, <laughs> so no one ever pays attention. But, um, but yeah, I've been listening to some country music. Here's what started, what started me on country music is uh, I was putting together a playlist for a friend of the dumbest country music songs I'd ever heard, because there are some really bad ones. There's a Brad Paisley LL Cool J song called Accidental Racist. Oh, yeah. Which is accidentally <laughs> extremely racist. Um, right. Uh, and then I was, I put on Twitter, I was like, what are the dumbest country music songs? And someone wrote all of them. And I was like, that can't be right. There must be some good ones. And so I started to listen. And now, like, I'm way into the, the artist formerly known as the Dixie Chicks. I'm way into the Chicks right now. Like, I'm, the, yeah, okay. some country music is, I'd say some country music is extremely underrated. I like I'm enjoying country music. The chicks in particular. I will. What's a deep? Check what's a out. deep cut chicks track? There's a song that they have that I love called "There's Your Trouble," but I also like "Wide Open Spaces" and "Cowboy Take Me Away," which are two big. Gotta love that one. <laughs> I love like my favorite song at the moment is called "Cowboy Take Me Away" because I just want a cowboy to take me away. But it is really. <laughs> 
I need fun right now. That's what I need. I need, I don't want to think anymore. I don't want, you know, I feel like Elliot Smith every day. I don't want to, I don't want to listen to him as well. Like I just, right. I, I want some light entertainment and a song about a red solo cup is just enough for me at the moment. Elliot so. Smith was a huge uh, Garth Brooks fan. Uh, was he really? People, no, I don't know. I'm just, oh, uh, I know I play basketball. That's awesome. Uh, <laughs> and yeah. was just like really sick at it and like dunked on people. He played dirty basketball according to a Ben Fold song that has a that's lyric amazing. that's about Elliot Smith. He goes, Elliot, man, you played some fine guitar and some dirty basketball. And I, hell yeah, I sharp elbows. Yeah, about to say that. What's a myth? What's something people think is true, you know, to be false or vice versa? Okay. Um, I genuinely think that uh, piranhas can't possibly be as dangerous as people <laughs> say they are. Yeah. Like, they can't possibly be as dangerous because all the stuff that I thought was dangerous when I was a kid, like quicksand and leeches. I was going to say, it fits in with the quicksand thing. where it, it just can't be that bad. And it's one of those things where I've done zero Googling. But mm -hmm. also, um, I'm watching that Nexium doc on yeah. HBO, The Vow. And I don't believe that people don't know they're in a cult, like, immediately. Because that's the number one question I ask whenever I opt into anything. Even if it's, like, even if it's, like, CVS Rewards. I'm like, is this a cult? Like, you know, if I walk into <laughs> Chipotle, I'm like, is this a cult? And then they're in a thing, like, red, led by, like, a charismatic leader who is reclusive and, like, any anything that tries to get you to move to upstate New York is a fucking cult. So, like, <laughs> I've watched, I've been watching this series and I'm like, I don't believe that. I don't believe for a second that like 10 years in people were like, wait, this might be a cult. Right. This, yeah. This we have to pay all of our money and provide secrets as collateral it might be a cult. Like, yeah, I don't, I don't, I don't buy, I don't buy that people didn't know right away. Yeah. But they, but they got me sleeping good again and I'm doing yoga now. It's, <laughs> it's a good trade off. I don't know what it is. It's, have you seen Jack? Have you seen the Val yet? On I have not. No. Yeah. It's 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 interesting. It's very. I mean, yes, it's very long. It's extremely long, but it's. Uh, I don't know. I I suppose it's it's worthwhile. But yeah, it's about a, it's about a cult and. Um, I think the piranha thing is a good is a good one too because I feel like everybody has now realized that uh, quicksand doesn't exist, but. Piranhas, I think, still get the respect of like they will skeletonize anything if you just like dip it in the water for five seconds. But uh, that was apparent. That comes from a Teddy Roosevelt book. Like he before he was president, and even while he was president, he was like a famous nature like writer. And the locals in Brazil like captured a bunch of piranhas, starved them, and then dropped a dead cow in, and they skeletonized it after after a while. And because Teddy Roosevelt was a messy bitch who loves drama, he was like, it was just a skeleton in mere moments. Um, That's wild. <laughs> but it's Teddy not Roosevelt is our only president with a tattoo. Is that true? Yeah, he had a chest tattoo of the Rough Riders or something like that. Like, he's such a badass. <laughs> and the best thing about this pandemic, or the only good thing for me about this pandemic, has been I've gone to a bunch of, like, national parks and stuff. And right. so I'm, like, I'm very psyched about Teddy Roosevelt at the moment. Like, I'm, sure, Teddy. I'm sure there's going to be some um, 
someone who's going to reach out after hearing this podcast be like, actually, he uh, did a bunch of war crimes or something, but I'm like, yeah, yeah. I think that's probably true. That's but, probably true. Yeah. I mean, you can't be an American. Yeah, you're not an American president. You're like, dude, he was so chill. And he never did anything wrong and he uplifted every right. country during his time. Oh, yeah. God. His life is like a good rollicking read. It's a it's fun to read about, but yeah. um yeah, also wildly problematic. All right. Let's take a quick break and we'll come back and talk about our current Teddy Roosevelt. We'll be right back. And we're back, and uh, the president is back in the White yeah. House after you know a short <laughs> short stopover in the hospital. Uh, he is it's very important to him to uh, project power, obviously. Uh, and he took the helicopter back, triumphantly walked to the top of uh, two flights, the, two flights of stairs uh, to mm -hmm. the Truman balcony, uh, saluted the helicopter. Um, just looking like a, just a a man, uh, an invincible uh, superhuman in his. Oh mind. yeah, yeah look like Jean sure. Grey, Dark Phoenix, yeah. so powerful, unbelievable the the power of this being. Uh, and as President struggles, McShort breath made his <laughs> way up there, and then honestly, went first of all, like so many things came out of that. First, when he just went, "Hey, I'm COVID posy, but mask off, y'all." Right. And I'm going to just take these deep ass breaths off this balcony. It was like really something else to watch him struggle with his breath. Like some people are like, oh, no, he's struggling to breathe. But I'm, I'm also kind of like, dude, that dude's so out of shape. That looks like a lot of people going up two flights of stairs and trying to act like that shit didn't just gas him up or gas him out. But I it was a little weird to see, though. It was it was like it was one of those things where you're like, you didn't need to do all this part. You didn't have to do this. You could have just done if you were purely about like the optical illusion of projecting strength you could have just went back to the white house and left it there but you had to take that extra bite and then that's when everyone's like okay well hmm. yeah the memes will start at the very <laughs> least it was high dictator it was like an act of high mussolini like he really just it was poorly wrought but the intent was clear he should have used the body double like genuinely, right. like when like I Dave. saw when I saw him going up the going up the stairs, I was like, very. I, the thing is, like, I don't like him. I don't wish any good for him. But like, watching it, I was like, oh, oh man, like be careful. Like you're gonna, right. you know, like, right? They should have just they should have used stock footage. They should have used old footage. Like I don't think any right. more of him after seeing him being like. We needed to see you climbing a flight of stairs. No one, I think Trump sets low bars for people because his bar is so low. Like right. that's why it, like the bar he set for Joe Biden before the first debate was like, Joe Biden's demented. I'm like, well, that seems like a <laughs> low bar to set. Right. Like, <laughs> right. You know, same thing. He's like, Hey man, climbing a flight of stairs. That's the bar. You know, like that's big success. Crushed it. Don't worry about how how uh, sort of taxing it was on me physically to get here, but I did that part, so it's all to the good. But we are really on a roller coaster ride right now because he is like coming off of the steroid uh, treatment that you know everybody who has undergone it says it like is a real boost of energy, but eventually you crash, and so we're just kind of 
we're waiting to see where he goes like ride this thing all the way to the bottom that like post arrival thing where he was like recorded his statement uh after the triumphant flight conquering of stairs he did not even sound like himself it was really strange he looked like mr burns after one of those longevity treatments he had in that episode where everyone thought he was an alien and his like eyes are all like and just like you know (laughs) i'm here about love um his tone of voice was, I'm just going to play a clip because that entire sort of statement he made caused so many headlines and experts being like, okay, he's setting us back like literally 500 years uh, by saying shit like this. And just pay a little attention to his tone of voice. Like, that's what really caught me. I just left Walter Reed Medical Center, and it's really okay. something very special. The doctors, the nurses, the first responders... And I learned so much about coronavirus. And one thing that's for certain, don't let it dominate you. Don't be afraid of it. That sounds like somebody with COVID who did so much cocaine in the bathroom and right. just came out. It's like, yeah, hey, don't man, let it die. It's yeah. all good. It's like a flu, man. And also, I might be immune. I don't know, man. I don't know right. about y'all, but the way I'm feeling, I've never felt better in my life. It's his voice sounds like it sounded like he was doing a Christopher Walken impression. Like, I got to tell you about coronavirus. Like it was he's speaking <laughs> in a different part of his throat. There's yeah. a big part of me that's like, what is the end game here? And pretending it's like not a big deal. Like what actually is can one person explain to me what like Boris Johnson downplayed it and then he got it. And then his his address after he came out of the hospital was like, hey, this is a really serious disease. We're taking it really seriously. Thanks to all the nurses and doctors. Saved my life. Little bump for the healthcare system. Like, uh, thank you so much. I'm going to. And it, like, did well for him. Even, like, even like lefties like me were like, ah, okay. Like, good for you for at least acknowledging the reality of what's. But, like, what is the end game of being, like, it's not that big a de- Like, it is. You can say that you're sick and that. It, that you have the flu. Bush had the flu. Obama got like people get sick. It's I, right. I don't it know. Is, yeah. I'm trying to think of the comedic performance that it's reminding me of where they're just like they've painted themselves into a corner so hard and they're just like ignoring something. It's <laughs> Tobias in Arrested Development I, when he got yeah. them hair plugs and they were <laughs> killing him. <laughs> and all he could focus on was his fucking hair. This motherfucker was dying. But I with think his right fucking hair plugs. Like, and he's like, it's all good. Get me in my wheelchair. Take me to the event. Like it really feels like, it really feels like he's speaking in a different part like with a different part of his body because like his first lungs, responders, his lungs he's like leading that like ERs. Yeah, like, and Doctor Fauci like uh, yeah. is just going full. Like, I guess I'll just tell the truth here. Uh, yeah. Even Doctor Fauci just said that uh, Trump's COVID nineteen recovery could soon go into reverse. You know, he's saying don't spike the football at the two yard line. You right. know, get that shit past the fucking goal line and then you can celebrate because you are not there yet, sir. And I think that was the I think what most experts were saying uh, and just sort of this fear of, you know, how accelerated this timeline and sort of, uh, you know, the proclamation this, of recovery has been. This feels like he's spiking the football at the two yard line, like right where he just got the kickoff, like and then he ran two yards and then spiked the football. His own two. Yard yeah. Line. He's right. On his own two. yards. Right. 
He caught it in the end zone. He knelt, and then he spiked the football. <laughs> you guys maybe covered this on a previous zeitgeist, but when Chris Wallace was questioning that Trump campaign spokesman about like why no one at the debate was wearing masks, and like I don't think we have. We didn't get into that specific clip, but yeah, when he's like, you broke the rules. Yeah. Like they Chris broke Wall- the rules. Right. Chris Wallace was like, hey, why weren't you wearing a mask? And he's like, oh, we don't need to wear masks. And Chris Wallace was like, no, but like the rules said you need to wear masks. Why? Like rules. That's one thing where I'm like, I would be nice to not forget that. It'd be nice to just grab that for yeah. posterity. Yeah. Well, yeah. I think that's like the thing with that's what the president offers his supporters, right? Is this idea that you can be completely toxically mediocre and destructive. And if you blur your eyes enough, it can look like success. And the fact that he's the president and he just blows his shit like, I don't need a mask, whatever, fuck it. I got the COVID. Y'all don't know. I'm immune. Fuck with me. It's actually just like it's giving them all of his supporters, all of his acolytes, the people around him, an excuse to not examine their own shortcomings and actually just lean into their worst ideas and impulses because they're like, well, look at President Trump. He's fucking he's doing it. He's rich. He's the president. And it's not that they want to be exactly like him, but it's just like offering this like rationale or this ability to completely ignore your your just worst parts like sort of saying like why should i consider people who have said i'm racist or sexist because i can be like this and be president because i am completely unwilling to change and i think the deal is it's that the greatest power that the president offers anybody who supports him is this idea that you can to the very end deny that your own actions cause your downfall that's right. really what it boils down to, because what, no matter what it is, it's not the policy. It's, it's an accountability the, thing. Yeah it's, yeah, it's this idea that it's not me. It's everything else. It's not me. It's everything else. And I think what would be the most uncomfortable thing for somebody who's so entrenched in that kind of thinking to do is to, for a moment say, could it be me? Could mm. it be my outlook? Could it be my actions that's got me in this position? Because most people do. And they 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 evolve a bit after that. But these people do not. And that's what you can see, because every time we get to this like logical endpoint, it's like, no, bust through that. It's like, no, he's not sick. He's invincible. It's because anything else would like if at a certain point they said, oh, yeah, that was all bad. He should have thought about it. That's a very small number of his supporters, you know, and like that gives no comfort to those who just want to completely have no accountability or they don't want to factor in their own actions to in terms of like what the outcomes are for their own lives. Yeah. Yeah. Well said. Based on based on the polling, which we don't want to take too much stock in, but just overall movements of polls, it seems like there aren't enough of those people, even though it's uh the majority of his base, there aren't enough of the people who this is working on. Yeah. <laughs> right. Yeah. Data um, of the year. Jack, what is the poll what are the what is the exact polling? Or what uh, like opened up a 16 point lead nationally. Yeah, Biden basically doubled his uh national lead according to some polls um and or it stayed the same. So it's like some people say it doubled, some people say it stayed about the same. So it's somewhere in between those. Uh but when you get down to the state polls, uh there's some Pennsylvania polls coming out that are like uh, double digits for Biden, which that that had always been a toss up. That was the the thing that gave everybody pause when saying that Trump was in bad shape is that he was still doing pretty well in some of the swing states, or at least in that 
realm where things could go either way. And now some of those swing states that are like absolutely necessary for him to win are getting into the realm of if this was anybody else, we would be like, oh, that that's a wrap. But because, you know, he is yeah. who he is and he's a cult and of personality votes. and they're invalidating votes and willing to openly cheat and can get away with that. And because we just don't know, because 2016 happened, I think people are still being very, very cautious. And I think, uh, which I think is right. I have a theory about, I have a theory about the, um, Trump, what Trump is going to have to do in the um, in the next debate, and I think it's mm-hmm. illustrated by this lead in polling. Um, I think that Trump will have to. This might sound crazy. I think people watching the debate did not like the fact that um, Trump was uh, a real piece of shit to Joe Biden. Like right. I think Trump being that, and Biden very you know saying that he's pulling his attack ads. And, you know, and wishing for the president's recovery and and being essentially a pretty decent guy that folks don't like to see, like, assaulted while he's trying to offer policy. Like, I actually think Trump is going to have to try to toe the line decency-wise. I don't know if it's within his realm. I don't know if it's within the realm of possibility. So. But, like, I love that Biden got a sympathy bump when when Trump got sick, like that is, <laughs> right. yeah. that is what is essentially happening. And I don't know, again, yeah. I don't know. Yeah. It's just a theory. I could be, could be completely way off base, but like I have a couple friends who are like legit Republicans who live in, you know, who live in, in places that are not like, you know, New York and Los Angeles. And I asked them what they thought of the debate. And I swear to God, like two people had the same thing, which was like, I thought Trump was like pretty mean to Joe Biden. And I was like, yeah, where have you been for the last like, <laughs> Six right. years where there's a Wikipedia page dedicated to the cruel nicknames that he gives to people. But, like, people don't like seeing someone be shitty to Joe Biden. I really think that's true. And, like, guy's been through a lot and has, you know. Yeah. So I also I, feel like there's just a general, like, exhaustion. Like, obviously, we feel it because, or at least I feel it because I pay attention to Twitter and it's just, like, constant and relentless and every time you think it's like reached its logical conclusion like it just he breaks through that wall and goes like lower and more uh, upsetting and more racist but i i feel like just ambiently there's a lot of people in the country who are just exhausted by having to pay attention to to this or just mm-hmm. having having this much chaos and like i i feel like the debate crystallize that and the fact that he has turned his catching COVID into yet another escalation will probably eventually uh, crystallize that for people. The wildest shit though to me is that we went from Trump being like, yo, you need to check Joe Biden's piss though. I think he's coming in here on some shit. This motherfucker <laughs> literally might come in on some steroids, like on oh, PEDs yeah. or uh, DEDs, debate enhancement drugs. Uh, right. Because if he comes through on that, like, Mr. Burns longevity treatment shit, I don't know what that debate's going to look like. But I have a feeling he's probably on on the low, like, yo, I got to get that shit before the debate, fam. Like, I was I was in I was in my zone uh, when I had that uh, that those steroids or whatever. I don't know. There's just like a lot. I can see just how he's from the reports of him trying to escape the hospital or like his insistence that he knows more than. The doctors like we're quickly arriving at this point where 
somebody's gonna have to take something out of his hands and be like, no, I'm sorry, no, we can't do this. You can't do that. This is too much now. But I don't know. It's it's like everyone's still confused, but then there's infighting even between his family. We're like Don Jr. and Eric want an intervention, but Ivanka's like, keep it going. It's just it's it's chaotic, but Do I can see the footage, yeah. Miles. You know what the footage from the hospital made me want? I wanted to see like a sort of like MTV cribs about the presidential suite at Walter Reed. I was like, <laughs> yeah. I know that's not supposed to be the focus, but like all these facilities like really nice. Like nice. Like And that yeah. would have saved somebody's life because the reason that he went on that joyride with the Secret Service and the hermetically sealed SUV was because he was bored of watching his coverage on TV without him being featured in it. So he was like, I gotta get out there and like, you know do something fun. But if they had just let Isn't, him do a cribs, that would have been great. Was it not like, and I, like the I don't ratings know, would have been really, through the roof. There was something morbid about that moment where he was at the balcony and couldn't was, you know, he was taking those deep breaths, but it like had this like very like narrative quality to it of like, uh, yeah, he shouldn't, he shouldn't have done that. That's not if you're writing a story. That's like the the setup move uh, for their hubris. I mean, the right. entire party's really in that rose garden. Uh, this is the cough into the handkerchief and the slow pull it away from your mouth. And it's like and a little a bit of blood, a little bit of blood on it. Yeah, if anyone uh, in a movie ever coughs, you're like, oh shit, uh-oh. that guy's done. <laughs> Fuck. Yeah. Dude, did a, you see Rudy on coughing the shit? Just coughing it up on Fox the other day. No. Oh my god. Do you see Rudy patting himself down, coughing, and then rubbing it on the person next to him? That was a while ago. That was a while ago. But man, that guy's the unsafest man in America, right? Like if Rudy Giuliani gets it, all of New York City has it. Like he is really, really, really gross with his COVID (laughs) etiquette. I'm just like, if I was in a restaurant and that dude was in the corner, I'd leave. Like I cannot, uh, I I can't, I can't deal with watching Rudy Giuliani his behavior and the way he coughs and the way he like touches yeah. people around him. Like I, 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 it gives like, me anxiety. It's like one of those things I would always see as a kid is like an old man with a handkerchief and they get snot like all over it. And then they just put that shit in their pocket. I'm like, Oh my man, you didn't even fold that shit. You just sliding it straight. Oh, that's what I feel like. Rudy Giuliani's energy is that shitty snotty handkerchief being right shoved next to into that like where there's that they're going to offer you a little later on. Yeah, exactly. So um, gross. The hydroxychloroquine uh, evangelist <laughs> Trump has chosen not to partake, uh, presumably to save it for the rest of us who are more in yeah. need. But um, people are people are confused. Oh yeah, yeah. I mean, he- Stella Emanuel, who was the doctor who was out front, like out in front of a hospital, saying, "We have the cure. It's hydroxychloroquine." Everybody can go home and like the liberal media is just lying to you. Uh, she said, whoever told the president to stop taking HCQ should be punched in the face. This did not have to happen. I'm so upset. Uh, so people are, <laughs> you know, what what is going on? This is but again, this is what we're talking about, right? Like when you follow this man to the letter and he's so impulsive and nothing he says he means and he's only, you know, guided by his own desires Yeah, you're going to start off being like, yes, he's talking about our thing. And then when it comes down to it being like, okay, so this president has this disease. Um, We're going to give them like real medical treatments, not this other weird shit that he was screaming about. You now have this entire group of people who believed everything 
who almost like they're having trouble believing like what the president lied though but i thought he was using it so stella Emanuel saying someone should be punched in the face great professional yeah. opinion uh <laughs> dennis prager prager you this yeah. man also he's saying quote the president was the one who recommended it to begin with You'd think something would have been said. Isn't that the obvious question everybody would have? I actually went to PragerU. I, uh, I got <laughs> You're an alum. I'm a PragerU alum. I went, I went undergrad Transferred at Trump. NYU. Yeah, I went undergrad at Trump University. And then, got masters at and then I got my master's at PragerU. Sorry, Miles. Master's at NYU. At master's at NYU, PhD at PragerU. Yeah, yeah. Uh, there you go. So, no, and then another, uh, you know, hydroxychloroquine evangelist. Steve Yalasevich, I think is his name. He was Damn. basically telling on his weird website, LifeSite News, <laughs> to telling his readers, quote, contact the White House to ask why the president and Melania are not immediately given this well-proven and practice medication protocol for COVID infection. And so their whole shit is melting down right now. Uh, yeah. And you hate to see it. I really want to do that and just have someone be like, oh, I can't believe we forgot that. Like, oh, my God. Like, <laughs> yeah, we were we talked about it. Wait, did someone? It's like when those commercials are like, ask your doctor, if you know, Provast right. is right for you. And you're right. just like, well, he, he'll know. Right. He's a yeah. doctor. He'll know. <laughs> yeah. Right. He'll know if Provast would be like, insist to the death <laughs> that hydroxychloroquine is. Uh, right, is, right, is, right. If you're a huge fan of Trump and the level that some of these like emojis i would die for that man yeah that if guy. you're that person how do you keep track of all of the conspiracy theories and things that you love that he's putting in because every day it's just like a new thing it must be exhausting yeah. like, oh, yeah. well, I mean, again, at the end of the day you just you're really just there i think again for the reinforcement that you don't really need to do much self and like don't be too introspective but, about anything but miles there is stuff that's there that's like oh shit so okay so what do i like i like um i like hobby lobby i like my pillow <laughs> and i like um oh fuck what hydroxychloroquine like it's yeah, just yeah, a long day this. i have to pretend to enjoy the music of joy via and the comedy of diamond and silk like how many uh -huh. things <laughs> do you have to stand if you're a donald trump guy like it must be really difficult yeah uh -huh. yeah i yeah well you know I, that's like when i was a big pharrell fan and i had to you know buy more dickies and independent truck t-shirts and you know <laughs> studded belts I got over it pretty quickly though, but there was yeah, there was a there was a couple. There were twenty four months in there. There was real touch and go. Pharrell, how many hats? How many hats do you think Pharrell moved during that two year phase where he? Was oh, like those NERD trucker hats? Yeah, I had to no, buy no, a bootleg no. one downtown. No, the giant. Oh, those Vivian uh, Westwood ones. Yes. Yeah. Yeah. Oh, I mean, he set off what started as a meme ended up being the whole. Look, I I don't know the power of this man. He may be a time traveler with big hats. I don't know. He may be here to troll us and then get us to do all kinds of shit. Uh, but yeah, I, I remember immediately because at the time I was just coming out of like rap radio in L.A. So a lot of people were like, you know, some shit like that someone in music was doing a fashion thing. You would see that trend like enter the office within like two months or a month. And there uh. were a lot of big hat wannabes but they didn't have the vivian westwood like nice one so they were coming in looking like you know unemployed canadian mounties and shit uh right. like being like yo so you got the got the wild brown felt hat but you know to each their it wouldn't own. be surprising to me if that was a bit that he was just like uh his satire on fashion because it is oh, a wild choice 
He is it turned It turned people's wardrobe into a cartoon. It was wild. <laughs> All right. Let's take a quick break and we'll come right back. And we're back. And uh, all right. So Claudia Conway all uh, morning yesterday. Conway the machine. Was uh, <laughs> was trending. Um, she is, people are saying she's the whistleblower of our time. She's also, it's a lot sure. to put on a 15-year-old. Yeah, don't do that. Um, <laughs> yeah, but her speculation on that Trump is not doing well health-wise, like, could easily be just speculation, like based on her seeing the same shit that we're seeing. And I feel like people are taking it as like, she knows something. Um, yeah. I mean, imagine uh, just a thought experiment for everyone listening. Imagine when you were 15, the right. shit that you said out loud. Now imagine right. if you had a million followers on TikTok who are going to be like, yo, break us off with that shit. A 15-year-old gassed up on their own ego and access to whatever the thing is is not a good combination. I told somebody I was a Sean John model so I could make out in a club in St. Louis, Missouri oh in 2001. God. Oh, okay? my God. Uh, Shit like this is not – wow. we don't – you can't take everything as, as the gospel truth. So I look at this. I'm like, hold on, 15-year-old with all this attention? I mean, yes – I think it's an interesting glimpse into it, but like to take it like for fact, I'm I'm a little bit I'm reminded of my own 15 year old shitheadedness and like what my relationship to my parents was like at the time. Although what yeah. a terrible what terrible parenting! It's so funny. It's like it's it looks <laughs> it looks genuinely like you wouldn't believe it in a cartoon if she's like right. tweeting like the nuclear codes are seven five eight four three and they're like young lady right. you are grounded for tweeting the nuclear <laughs> like. It really, really genuinely is, uh, it's scary, it's scary to watch, and I also don't understand how, like, it's, I feel bad for Kelly and Conway sometimes. I'm like, man, you're trying to be evil and lying, and your kid is like, hey, my mom's an evil liar, and you just have to pretend that that's not existing in your house. Like, you have to work, you have to work for Donald Trump, and you have to live with someone who hates your guts, like... What is the more unpleasant environment that you have, you know, that you've been in for the last, you know, however yeah. many years? Like, this girl is, I feel awful for the whole situation. Yeah. I mean, there's <laughs> also, like, a really dark undercurrent where she's trying to become emancipated from her parents. And she says, you know, it's because of trauma and abuse that she grew up with. And, like, there's, it's all very, like, nonspecific I don't know. It's very, very dark shit that like, and she, now she's being thrown more and more into the spotlight. She moves in with her new parents, with her new dad, Hunter Biden. And right. His wife. <laughs> there like, it is. Shit. That's the drama we deserve. The oh. thing is like it, this whole thing is playing out like, like you're like back when I was on Facebook, like some family beef you would see play out on Facebook, except right. it's of national interest. It's the same level of messiness, pettiness. You're like, Oh no, this they should not be doing all this, uh, especially not on here, but magnify that by hundreds of millions now. And I just can't help but like feel like I don't know what is real. I don't know how bad her situation is with her parents. I can only imagine uh if, you know, what that that relationship is like, but it's like sucks. When you're 15, I'm like at the end of the day, I know 
it's going to be it's not going to be easy for Claudia Conway after this. Or I don't know, maybe she's living her best life, but I, I have a feeling. Know. I don't know either, but like parents owe some shit to their kids. Like you can't, you know, and Claudia Conway is like, I don't want to be, you know, I don't want my mom to be Kelly and Conway. Like <laughs> I don't want my mom to have to be, you know, basically right. the mouthpiece for for someone who I think is, she tweets all the time that Donald Trump is like a lying, irresponsible piece of shit. And like, this is a 15 year old who's just basically like, you're not fulfilling your, you know, your duty to me as, as a parent. I just like, I, I didn't know that she was trying to get a man's paid. I didn't know she wanted a divorce, but like that really, really seems. Wow, there, that's such a That one household. clip, uh, that like latest clip where like she's in bed like with her you can hear her mom's like and you're gonna lie to your about your mother about fucking covid and yeah. she's like low-key recording and right. then she's like oh and like yeah and then, no no i'm taking notes that was <laughs> no the best part was when she basically jujitsu's her own mom and she goes oh i, I i'm sorry i just I, that was my interpretation of it right like how sure she was like that's some shit you say mom i got that right. one from you and now yeah. i'm using it against you and she's like are you filming are you taping me again yeah, the whole yeah. thing is just, it's a lot. But uh, yeah, she apparently, in a way, we are seeing, we are probably seeing the most real portrait of people who work for this president through this TikTok. Right. Um, speaking of nuclear codes, one of, uh, at least one of the people who carries the nuclear football for the president uh, has tested positive for COVID-19. So that is something that, you know, where this oh, kind of farcical real world satire of America in decline meets the actual reality of uh, that satire being the actual president of the United States. Yeah. Um, I mean, like Putin is even like, whoa, like this that? Is... <laughs> All right. I mean, I'll fuck it. But like, cool. I mean, I'll get it how I can. But like, whoa, though. Yeah. Whoa thing really blew up this is a um, great part of trump's you know three-dimensional chess or ten-dimensional chess against putin where he's like let's make it such an impenetrable shit show that even a spy inside the administration with all the information just can't do anything we're just like <laughs> right. people are sick things have to change like people like real talk people have been saying like oh you know like I don't want the president to die, wink, wink. But, like, it is seriously really, really not good for a nation for its, like, sitting leader to, like, die. And it's also, like, not good for a nation for everybody in the cabinet to, like, fall ill with the plague. And, like, the fact that the dude holding the, like, most sensitive information in the United States, like, is may genuinely be, like, ill with something that could, that could kill them. Like, I don't think people comprehend how bad... It, it like I don't know maybe yeah. Herman Cain can comment, but like it's it's not good for <laughs> for like th this many important people in governmental structure to be sick. Like I can't, I didn't know that about the guy. With the, yeah, yikes! I don't know. Uh, Trump has announced that uh, now that he has gotten to know uh, COVID on a one to one personal level. Uh, he will not be extending any more uh, COVID-19 benefits to the American people uh, before the election and instead will be focusing on uh, getting ACB through the uh, approval process. So, Because um, he I gets know that, it now. He knows that all you need is 
All you need is just strong constitution and uh, lopsided Supreme Court bench to be able to, you know, argue his way to that point and be like, remember me, please. Yeah, (laughs) please. Right. What Jack, what are the odds of the of of the both the House and the Senate flipping Democrat? Like if the election were to is there is there any sense of what would happen, you know? I mean, I pay way too much attention to five thirty eight and I think <laughs> they I think they are saying that it's sixty something percent that the Democrats will control the Senate at this uh after this election. Well, um, yeah. Would, it would Which be, is weird would because be nice. most people are like, mm, I think that's 2022 or 2024 at best. But right. you know, when you have this level of chaos, like it's apparently waking some people up. But yeah, it's yeah, it's a lot. It's again, it's like so hard to know because who like if those if the presidential votes are invalidated, how many of these GOP senators are also going to claim fuckery in their races too? And it and that's, I mean, even with like the president passing away. If, if he's still in office, the idea that like what they would do after deciding about who runs, if it's going to be Pence, there's so many decisions ha- that have to be made within a party where like no one is at the wheel except for like greed and racism that I, I can only imagine how much more chaos that would add if this were to, if something were to happen before the election. Sure. Uh, right. So oof. how long does a like I know that there are like people who did crystal meth who are like, yeah, I was up for like weeks at a time and like just never slept. And then once I crashed, you know, I slept for a week. But how long does when people are talking about their uh, steroid like induced uh, mania, how how long do they say that usually lasts for? Do we know that? It'd be interesting to see. And we also have uh, that poll of QAnon that basically finds that a lot of the people who claim to subscribe to the QAnon cult are not like do or die uh, QAnon people. They're not fully in. Right. Like, you know, because there's so many like like core beliefs about it, like where most people just been like, yo, you fuck with QAnon. And that was the only polling that was done. And someone's like, right. we need to we need to then pull those people who respond in the affirmative even further to understand, like, what is the belief systems that the, these people had? And they said in in this research among like so when they identified Q supporters, the highest polling statement that they agreed to was that, quote, Democrat politicians and Hollywood stars are part of a global network that tortures and sexually abuses children in satanic rituals. Sixty two percent of the supporters rated that statement as definitely or probably true. Uh, which right. seems like the closest Ugh. to reality, like sex abuse <laughs> whoa, and whoa, whoa, powerful whoa, whoa, whoa. people. Yeah. What, what do you mean the closest to reality? Well, there's a basis for that. I think in general, there's an issue with human trafficking and sex abuse that if you're looking very desperately, there's enough there to say like, I'll take that part. And I'll fill in the rest about satanic rituals and this global network and stuff, because what mostly is going on is like these sort of uh, just top line stories and then using that to feed like a larger narrative to sort of keep this idea of this satanic ritual. aspect. I don't I don't understand. I've never understood QAnon. I've never I asked someone who believes in it, not a friend. I've asked someone who believes in it about it. And they said um that yeah the democrats and and hollywood people get their get drugs from the terror of children and use it to stay young and i'm like isn't that like monsters inc 
I'm like, isn't that the plot <laughs> right. of Monsters Incorporated? That it's like yeah. that it, that they. I, I don't. I totally don't get it. That's the one thing where I'm like, how many QAnon people are there actually? And like, is there anyone credible? And are they organized? Like, I I don't know. That feels like well, so. The, the, they wanted to go even further, right? Because like that whole thing about the harvesting adrenochrome from children thing that pulled at about 54% of the people who said they believed in it were like, that's probably true. 44% of QAnon supporters only thought it was probably true that Trump was preparing mass arrests and Mueller was secretly ordered by Trump to investigate pedophiles. Which um, was and, like and the, the foundational election. myth, right? Isn't that the main yeah, yeah. thing? Yeah. Right. The whole thing is like, don't worry about Mueller. It's the storm. There's actually, it's a smoke screen to round up all the pedophiles and there will be executions and Obama is in a war crimes tribunal with Hillary Clinton, this, that, and the other. Um, so when they, when they dug a little bit deeper, deeper, they were realizing that like some people would tend to like overstate their level of belief because they were saying, quote, this is from the thing, a large number of QAnon supporters, it turned out, were rating as true statements that they were encountering for the first time. So it was just almost like, Oh, yep. Yeah, uh-huh. Cool. I'm, I'm, I'm with that. The global network statement only pulled at 38% when they actually took out people who had never heard of it before. Right. Oh, so when you like boil that down, that's 38% of this like smaller thing. It's a little bit, I mean, not to say that it's not a real thing, but it's interesting to see like the level of like how widespread the actual beliefs are where some people are like, yeah, I vibe with that sentiment because it helps me like it helps explain whatever this worldview I have is. But then a lot of people are just sort of reflexive being like, oh, you said that? Uh-huh. Mm -hmm. I'm, so I'm there are people that. who just believe that there's something fucked up and they're not sure what, like it's like right. idiots who don't believe that we landed on the moon. It's like, right. it's like people who are just like, oh, or like, I well, they, know. I believe that we landed. I just believe that the tape was fake. Right. <laughs> That's what I'm saying. That's another brand of moon landing denial that I've yeah. seen. It's like, no, it's just that tape, though. I, I believe we got there. It's just that first one. They just did that because they needed the, you know. Can you imagine if, if the first moon landing was fake, but, like, the fourth wasn't, and there are, like, <laughs> Nobody some pays people who are just like, no, this is impressive because this is the first time we've actually <laughs> gone. And we're right. golfing, you know. Or, or I like that it's so hypothetical that once they get up there, they had it all fucked up, and they're like, yo, this is not what it's like at all, bro. Like, that first one that we taped, it is not, like, the reality part. So, Either we're going to have to not show anybody up here anymore, or we're going to have to come clean about that first one being a uh, It turns out the cameras didn't work, and it, there are lots of trees here, man. Like, there are way more trees than we, uh, <laughs> first camera didn't get the trees. <laughs> oh, shit. Anyways, that's all really uh, interesting new information. I, I think that QAnon is probably not worth spending a lot of time thinking about as a representative, like, voting block of the country necessarily sure, but more as a terror organization that could like really harm people um yeah. because like, like there's that guy outside of the outside of the hospital when the president did his little like uh drive-by his little covid drive-by that where the c-span just happened to catch this guy they didn't even like show his face but here can you uh play that clip actually God bless our president. I will die for him. I will die for that man happily. I will die for him. Anybody want to mess with him? You mess with me first. He is a hero, that man. There's Gatling guns in here, missile launchers. God bless America. God bless you guys. God bless. 
God bless the police. God bless you guys. God bless. Was it one of the Secret Service agents who was in the car with him? <laughs> yeah, it, was, it was like, it was I not. will die for that man. <laughs> that man? I'm going to die for him. Like, you don't understand. Like, I'm basically right. that guy jumping in front of Kennedy after he got his head blown off. Like, I'm... <laughs> I will die I'm for this. In the process like, of dying for this man. For that man. Yeah. Um, yeah. I mean, I like on the one hand, that's just some random dude on the street who was already uh, you know, uh holding a, a vigil outside a right, hospital. Exactly. So he's already <laughs> he's not necessarily the most representative, like random selection of human beings, but like it only takes a handful of people to do something really scary. So I'm just, you know. Alex Jones uh, early on in the presidency when people were like talking about the uh, potential impeachment of Trump was like, they try and take him away from us. We will make the streets run red. Uh, And like, I just, when these people tell us that they will kill us for uh, trying to like vote Trump out of office or get Trump out of office. Uh, I think we should like take that seriously or at least believe those specific people. Um, so I definitely won't be like dismissive, but also that man's energy in that clip. No, you would not die for that president, sir. You did not sound like somebody who would die for fucking anything, but you know, I right. get it. You got the camera there. You're a little gassed up. You're on TV. You want to act like you're, you know, fucking OG MAGA gang, but, uh, yeah, but either way, there are plenty of QAnon supporters, plenty of extremists that have demonstrated that capacity for things like yeah. that. So, yeah, it's uh, roll up on a place with assault rifles. Um, <laughs> and then when they realize that the uh, there's no basement uh, pedophile uh, child smuggling scheme, let alone no basement uh, at all, they'll just be like, oh, I've made a horrible mistake. That's. That story is like one of the most amazing. The guy who like brought the gun to oh, yeah, Comet, Comet Pizza, Pizza and like was willing to like once he saw with his own eyes that it wasn't happening like he thought, he was like, Oh man. Right. I really got egg on my face on this one, guys. God damn it. Uh God damn it, my uh, the guys on the message board are really gonna have a laugh this time. Yeah. Uh, anyways, uh, super producer Anna Hosnier uh, sent me, uh, apparently after steroids are discontinued, depressive symptoms persist approximately four weeks, mania three weeks, delirium a few days, uh, approximately one half of patients with steroid psychosis improve in four days and one half within two weeks. But I, I'm still, we'll look into how long this run of steroids is going to be. He's, there'll be a clip of him working out in the gym. Right. Like just, I'm telling you, there's this is where we're headed, right? He did that. I feel like he's gonna have some bad ideas that people are in the as we speak. They're like, gonna no, have we some cannot, bad ideas. No, we cannot pay Usain Bolt to dress up like you for a long shot where it looks like you're running so fast, you're running past the motorcade. We just can't do that, uh, and it right. just doesn't work. Like he's like, fine, but if you got a uh, Stone Cold Steve Austin, and uh, I give him the stunner. And then the Rose Garden, that would be fucking lit. <laughs> mm, I don't I don't know. I'm not saying that the president's on steroids, but he hit 72 home runs this year. <laughs> <laughs> uh, Alex, it's been a pleasure having you, man. Where can people find you, follow you? Um, I'm on Instagram and Twitter. Uh, my Twitter handle's at Alex Edelman, and my Instagram handle's at the Alex Edelman. And I've got an album out, a comedy album called Until Now. 
And this may not be uh, up today, but it'll be up soon. I'm actually I'm not gonna I'm not sure if I'm allowed to talk about that yet, but I'm putting together okay. some I'm putting together right. something political. But the uh, big's but yeah. coming. Okay. Stay tuned. So, yeah, stay yeah. stay tuned. Wait for that cue drop. Wait for that cue drop. Claudia Conway's TikTok. Everything will be announced. <laughs> but uh, but yeah, I've I've got an album and uh, and I love this podcast. So keep you know I'm no Jamie Loftus, but but I do. Uh, but I oh man, I, that means a lot. I do my best. Uh, thanks guys. Thanks so much for having me. Oh, uh, don't and go. Is there Still a tweet stinks. or some other work of social media you've been enjoying? The one tweet that I have really loved, I'm just thinking of Kel. Well, there have been so many, but one that I really loved uh, from Daniel Kibblesmith. It's like one of those sort of no one uh, formats. Mm -hmm. It was Claudia Conway, two years from now. Hey, guess whose skull this is? <laughs> <laughs> Something like that. Two weeks here. But it made me laugh because, like, yeah, this girl's. Those girls on the inside. But uh but yeah, thanks so much for having me, guys. Uh Miles, where can people find you? What's the tweet you've been enjoying? Oh man, Twitter, Instagram, at Miles of Gray, and also the other podcast, 420 Day Fiance with Sophie Alexandra. You know, just spreading the gospel of reality trash. Uh tweet I like is the first one I just saw, and I'm just gonna call it out because I don't have the emotional fortitude to keep scrolling my phone. So I will say this one from Andrew T. Uh, he says, it, it seems wild to me that Baron has no interest in that Claudia Conway clout. Uh, <laughs> he could he could definitely do something. I mean, he yeah. would. Woo, he could yeah. have a fucking off-white sneaker and shit. This could be you, awesome. Baron. Yeah, seriously. Uh, fashion icon. The dude is like 6'6 now. Somebody should draft him. Uh, Somebody should check if he's on PEDs, man. Has anyone yeah. heard him speak ever? Nah. I think that's probably... Let leave. Let's leave that that boy alone. It's got to be leave that boy alone for for like. What I can't it, imagine going to school right. at all. <laughs> like Being, we talk like, about Kellyanne it. Conway, like <laughs> fucking up your life as her teenage oh, daughter. Imagine God. being, uh, yeah. Shout, like, because I know to, I know some people who are related to people who do, maybe not don't have the best reputations. Yeah, and their lives That's aren't tough. that great. They, and no. they live kind of in this like bizarro shadow uh, that is very hard to shake. And so, you know, anyway, shout out to Clout Chasers. couple tweets I've been enjoying. Mr. Skeleton Bones at Hello Colon uh, tweeted that video of Trump kind of like gasping, but trying to pretend he isn't gasping and saying me in high school pretending the blunt I just hit isn't giving me the biggest asthma attack of my life. Which I could <laughs> We identify with. I saw a couple of those. <laughs> uh, and then uh, at dead Donald Trump tweeted, I'm dead oh in hell. God. No regrets. Great place. Fabulous. The hottest. Um, <laughs> and then Sarah yeah. Lazarus tweeted, just fell out of a 50th story window and so far so good. Feels like flying. Don't be afraid of falling out of windows. Uh, <laughs> oh, boy. <laughs> Uh, you can find me on Twitter at Jack underscore O'Brien. You can find us on Twitter at Daily Zeitgeist. We're at The Daily Zeitgeist on Instagram. We have a Facebook fan page and a website, dailyzeitgeist.com, where we post our episodes and our footnotes, where we link off to the inf information that we talked about in today's episode, as well as a song we ride out on. Miles, what are we riding out on today? Uh, another one of uh, Lakeith Stanfield's rap tracks. Hell yeah. 
His three songs, it's so interesting. He's kind of trying to show people, like, I've got range. I can spit bars. I can do the cutting thing. I can do a little more, like, laid-back rapping. Uh, this track's called Birds uh, by Lakeith Stanfield. And, yeah, it's just... I think for anybody who aspires to make music, let this man energize you because he's clearly been having a good time. So, I, you know, all for all the... Uh, underground rappers who have a hard drive full of tracks they haven't released release them release the tracks uh all right we are gonna ride out on that the daily zeitgeist is a production of iHeartRadio. for more podcasts from iHeartRadio, visit the iHeartRadio app apple podcast or wherever you listen to your favorite shows that's gonna do it for this morning we'll be back this afternoon to tell you what's trending and we'll talk to y'all then bye crack a dog beat the phone alarm on alert nigga early bird Told me that she loved me, I was wrong, nothing left to hold me. Now I'm on nothing fucking over money. Word is born.